This episode of the NASCAR Betting Preview Show is sponsored by Atlas Hair. Now, guys, I just got one question for you. Are you ugly? Yeah, we thought so. Lucky for you, we've actually got something for that. Atlas is an elite line of hairstyling products with cologne fragrances to help quaff that mop into something straight out of Hollywood and smell like you're the guy she's going home with tonight. Half of our products also contain a hair thickening ingredient to help those of us who are getting a little thin up there to make the most of what we've got. Get started today at atlashair.com and use the promo code NASCAR for 20% off your entire order. We can't fix your face, but we could at least give you a fighting chance. Atlashair.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-H-A-I-R.com. Hello and welcome to the NASCAR betting preview show. This is the Xfinity Series edition of the show. My name is Mike Bachman at MV Bachman on Twitter. Cars are hitting the track this weekend. The clash is here. NASCAR season is here. Get fired up. We still got a couple weeks before the Xfinity Series takes to the asphalt. But man, we are back and we cannot be more excited. Uh, for the start of the 2024 season all around, it's going to be a great one. Uh, today, we're going to be breaking down win totals for the 2024 NASCAR Xfinity Series season. Our team preview series is available in case you missed it, where we broke down the biggest changes to every manufacturer in the Xfinity Series. So make sure you go listen to those episodes for a deeper dive into every team. Specifically, we're going to be looking at win totals. We're going to be doing a little bit of a news roundup, catch up on some driver news, some team shakeups that have happened over the course of the last couple of weeks but without further ado ladies and gentlemen grab your favorite adult beverage and look it actually doesn't it doesn't even have to be an adult beverage right you could you, you could have whatever whatever the hell you want uh, I personally have not been able to drink uh, I've been doing the uh, 75 hard challenge uh, to start the new year not necessarily a new year's resolution just uh, a challenge I wanted to to take on myself uh, where basically I got to do two night uh, geez, two 45 minute workouts a day one has to be outside a gallon of water every day, no alcohol, stick to a diet, uh, read 10 pages of, of a book every single day, and track your progress. You got to do that for 75 days. Uh, my last day will be March 11th, uh, and no days off. So it doesn't have to be an adult beverage. I digress, but preferably you're finding somewhere comfortable with one. So let's get into the episode and talk about some driver news, a quick little news roundup here. Uh, beginning with Call of Gracing, they have found what appears to be their first driver uh, to pilot the number 10 in 2024. Daniel Dye is going to be running 10 races in that number 10 machine for Call of Gracing, beginning uh, with the season opener at Daytona. Daniel Dye is entering his second full-time season in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. He recorded one top 10 and came home 18th in the standings. Last year, he made two starts in the Xfinity Series for Alpha Prime in 2023, recording a best finish of 17th at Texas. So it's a good opportunity for Daniel Dye. This 10 car last year saw a number of different drivers behind the wheel from Kyle Busch to... Uh, Lane Riggs, Derek Krause, some other young guns as well. So a good opportunity for Daniel Dye, who did have, 
you know, I mean, uh, almost a top 15 with Alpha Prime at Texas last last season. So uh, interested to see what he could do, see the progress he could make, you know, in his sophomore season in the truck series and how that could potentially translate to Xfinity. Um, but interesting note to see Daniel die with this colleague uh, alliance. You know, obviously there's a lot of guys in the upper echelon of age in that stable. So could it be foreshadowing a move that, you know, Colleg is kind of keeping their eye on? We'll see how Daniel Dye does uh, in that number 10 in the 10 races he's running. That's the only driver so far uh, that is going to be making starts, but I'm sure we'll see a rotation of some cup guys like we saw last year uh, to fill some of that seat time as well. Let's move over uh, to Sam Hunt Racing. Sam Hunt has made a number of driver announcements uh, for the 2024 season, beginning with Jeffrey Earnhardt. He will return to the Sam Hunt Racing Stable to pilot the number 26 Toyota on a part-time basis, beginning in Atlanta. Uh, We know Corey Heim is going to be in this car, so Earnhardt will be sharing this ride with Heim, who will also be running multiple races uh, his first race beginning at Las Vegas. And Jeffrey Earnhardt's not his first time running for Sam Honey. Last competed for this team in 2022, running nine races, scored a best finish of seventh at Nashville. And for the most part, this was a top 20 car when Earnhardt was in it uh, when he was finishing races. So it's a good move uh, for Jeffrey Earnhardt, who struggled mightily with Alpha Prime Racing last season. He's bounced around from ride to ride trying to get opportunities and it just has not gone his way but Sam Hunt Racing is where he's found the most success he brings experience obviously his name carries a lot of value and he put together solid results with this team like I had mentioned so I'm excited for Jeffrey you definitely want to see him competitive right and not just a back marker running 25th at best every single week I do think there's potential there uh, to see him especially with the experience that he brings albeit has not had the results to show for it. But again, he's been bouncing around from from team to team, just looking for looking for a job. Um, so to be paired up with Corey Heim, very, very interesting. But another driver has entered the number 26 fold as well, and it's Sage Karam. He will also compete for Sam Hunt Racing for multiple races, and his season begins at the season opener at Daytona. So three drivers for this number 26 entry, still no names for the number 24 entry, which is quite interesting. Connor Mozak uh, drove that car for the most part last year, um, but still no signs of who's going to be driving that car. Three drivers for this number 26 entry in 2024. Uh, and Sage Karam competed in one race with Sam Hunt in 2023, this coming at Road America. He earned career bests for not only himself, but the team started the race sixth finished fourth, which was Sam Hunt Racing's best starting position and best finish on a road course. Sage Karam, you know, that was his coming out party. He was right there in the mix at the end uh, when, you know, all hell broke loose in those final couple of laps. Uh, But Karam, a former Indy NXT Series champion back when it was the Indy Lights Series back in 2013, has a lot of road course experience as a result. And look, Sam Hunt's putting together a nice little roster after finding some moments of success last season, most notably with Kaz Gralla, who will now be running uh, in the NASCAR Cup Series for the most part. And again, that number 24, uh, still waiting on on driver announcements for that entry. But look, being the, 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 the satellite team for Joe Gibbs Racing, that tier B of Toyota, they are looking for, for drivers to um, grow their career and eventually make that jump to JGR potentially when, when those rides are available. But you look at a guy like Corey Heim, who is certainly 
probably the top prospect for Toyota right now, uh, considering Jesse Love has moved over to uh, Richard Childress Racing and Sammy Smith, of course, moving over to Junior Motorsports. You bring in experience with Jeffrey Earnhardt. You bring in a guy like Sage Karam who showed he can get it done uh, on a road course and is obviously going to be looking for more opportunities. So uh, Sam Hunt is putting together a nice a nice little cheeky roster. Uh, so it's good to see, and I'm excited to see kind of what these guys do on the track. Again, it's not necessarily going to do much uh, from a betting perspective, certainly the guy that presents the most upside, in my opinion, is Corey Heim. Um, but Jeffrey Earnhardt, again, finished top 10 at Nashville. He was, for the most part, a top 20 car uh, when he was finishing races in those nine races run with Sam Hunt in 2022. So be interesting, but good for Sam Hunt Racing, uh, trying to put together solid results and consistency going into 24 with a handful of drivers. Just a couple of logistical things. Uh, regarding the Xfinity series as a whole next season. Dash for Cash returns for its 16th season this year. For those of you that might not be familiar with Dash for Cash, four eligible Xfinity series regulars will have the chance to collect an additional $100,000 at four, opal, four ovals uh, beginning in April, uh, and it will run for the entire month of April. So April 6th, beginning at Martinsville. April 13th, they will head to Texas Motor Speedway. April 20th will be at Talladega. And it will roll, finish out at Dover Motor Speedway on April 27th. Dash for Cash is a nice little incentive-based uh, competition for, for these Xfinity regulars. Uh, it'll be set at Richmond for the qualifier uh, at Martinsville. So uh, excited that it's back for its 16th season in the Xfinity Series. And it'll certainly, you know, amp up the the competition a little bit uh, in April for for some of these drivers. So really cool to see. And those will be those will be fun races. I'm glad that we've got a mixed bag of of races, right? With the with the various different ovals going from short track uh, to super speedway to cookie cutter mile and a half intermediate, and then you know you kind of have the oddball, the unique track in Dover there to to round it all out. The Xfinity Series will reduce the amount of backup cars teams are allowed to bring to the track this year. A one-to-two car team can have one backup fully prepared. A three-plus car team can have two backup cars, but only one can be fully prepared for the weekend. The backup cars cannot be wrapped in in order to save money, but they can have sponsor decals on a solid color car. Very interesting little nugget there as to why they're not going to wrap cars. I'm not a... I'm not a financial guy when it comes to those decisions at the at the top of NASCAR, but I don't know how much wraps cost. I don't know how much the labor is, how labor intensive it is to wrap a car, um, but it seems a little weird that they can't, and they're still going to allow them to just slap on sponsorship decals on a solid color car, like a tester car, or, you know, for those of you back in the day that you know, played the shit out of like NASCAR Thunder 2004 and you had the test cars uh, with the sponsorship, with just the, the, the sponsorship on the car in a gray, uh, solid matte color. Is that what we're really going to see? Uh, if I'm a sponsor, I mean, will they balk at this idea? Would I balk at this? I mean, it's not necessarily what they paid for exactly. And I know that having to go to, to a backup car isn't what anybody, you know, in the garage has asked for, but is it really going to save that much money? Like, are we really kind of getting down to the nitty gritty with something like that? I don't know. It seems a little unnecessary, but sports decided that that's the best course of action to take to save money. Um, But if I'm a sponsor, I'm probably not too pleased with that decision. Finally, 
all races this year will have competitive pit stops, including standalone events. Last year, standalone events had non-competitive pit stops. We will have competitive pit stops across the board in 2024. Thank you, Jesus. We've got competitive pit stops. Um, just a good decision. Truck series is going to run the same way. So good decision by NASCAR there. Happy about that. We love live pit stops. It's part of NASCAR. It's part of its DNA. You can't take it away. So just a little rundown there of some logistical uh, rules, some changes for the sport. And then, of course, you got some of these teams. Some more driver announcements, I'm sure, will be announced very soon as we are. What are we? Uh, the time of this podcast. I'm recording this on Monday, January 29th. And we've got, what, two weeks until uh, the Daytona 500? Three weeks? Who's counting? No, I'm not, obviously, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, so we will continue to monitor the biggest changes and notable news throughout up until that day. But now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to transition and talk some win totals for the Xfinity Series here in 2024. I got to be honest. Thankful for win totals. Thankful we've got something from Caesar Sportsbook. But these absolutely suck. <laughs> I'm not even going to uh, sugarcoat it. These are hot garbage. Um, we're going to talk about them and we're going to break some of these down. But the offerings, they're just not there. I feel like we're just getting the bare minimum there. Uh, it's not even like they're trying. They, you know, they're just kind of giving us something to give us something. I wish we had more drivers. I wish we had more variety. But you can't always get what you want. And we're going to deal with what we've got. Um, I think there's maybe one or two opportunities you're looking at legitimate uh, opportunity here in the win total market for the Xfinity series. But we're going to break down some of these guys and uh, the, some of these guys that, that we, we don't see. Um, I know we talked some hypothetical win totals when I did my team preview series, but there are some drivers I want to just kind of talk about a little bit that I wish we got. Um, but without further ado, let's start and just go from top to bottom, starting with Jesse Love. Jesse Love's over-under is set at half of a race win. The over is at minus 140. The under is at plus 110. Wow. The books are buying into the Jesse Love experience, man, and he hasn't even taken a lap in an Xfinity Series car. Minus 140 for an over a half a race win. They are expecting Jesse Love to find victory lane. But are we? Good question. I'm shocked to see the over as juiced as it is for a driver with no experience here. His talent is undeniable. We get that. He won half of the ARCA races last season, 18 top 10s, 17 top 5s, just absolutely ridiculous numbers, even if you factor in that there's virtually no competition in ARCA right now, and Jesse Love with Venturini Motorsports was just raking win after win after win, uh, but he did make three starts in the truck series. Also impressive, ninth, 14th, and 4th in those races. Jesse Love is what Sammy Smith was last season. And in a Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota, Sammy Smith tallied one win, 15 top 10s, six top fives. Jesse Love is not racing for Toyota anymore. He's racing for Richard Childress Racing and Chevrolet in a car that couldn't reach victory lane with a driver you expected to win in Sheldon Creed and a driver that severely underperformed despite being so close on so many occasions. I feel like you're just taking a shot in the dark here. If you are going to take the over at minus 140, that is just too steep of it's too steep of a price to want to pay for a driver this young, a driver who is going to have to 
get the training wheels off, it's going to take a few weeks for him to really let the training wheels loose, I, I believe. And when you look at how deep this field is and the talent and the drivers who finally proved they could win at the back end of last season and you expect them to come in guns blazing at the beginning of the year, I just am not comfortable taking an over here. would have been nice to see a plus money over, but we've got a plus money under. I'm not betting this. You have to take the under here for what you're getting, in my opinion. Again, Love's Town is undeniable, but the Xfinity Series is a different beast. And I think that it's going to be difficult for Jesse Love to really find his footing. But once he's there, um, he could have the opportunity to win. I just think that wins are going to be so tough to come by this year for a lot of drivers that you're kind of on the fence on if they are going to win or not. Um, just because there are so many drivers in the field that have proven they can win that are now capable of winning multiple. Um, and I just think Jesse Love is going to be on the outside looking in there uh, when it comes down to it. So at this point in time, you're getting plus money for an under. That's the side I would take, even though I would not bet this. So over under half of a race win, give me the under at plus 110. And let's move over to his teammate, Austin Hill. We talked last year at Nauseam about how disrespected Austin Hill was in the market. Well, they're picking up right where they left off. His over-under set at two and a half race wins. The over set at minus 160. The under set at plus 130. This line sucks, man. <laughs> it sucks. I mean, you got a minus 160 to the over, which I just believe is going to absolutely smash. First two races of, this, of the season, Daytona and Atlanta, Hill has the chance to go back-to-back-to-back to back to back at Daytona and back-to-back back at Atlanta. He could open the season with two wins, and then we're heading to Las Vegas where, yeah, he uh, you know, won the race in the closing laps last season, but he won that race, and that's all we're looking for. He could eclipse this in the first three weeks. That's a, you know, the odds of him going three for three to, three for three to start the season. I think they're long, but I think there's certainly a case for those first two considering Austin Hill is the guy on super speedways. And you look at last year, won three of the first five races, 50% top five rate all season, and in true performance, ranked third on intermediates, fourth on road courses, ninth on short tracks, so that was his Achilles heel, and first on super speedways, of course. Uh, the true performance ranks courtesy of winTheRace.info. He's going to be out for a vengeance after all of last season's drama, missing out on the championship for even if Austin Hill regresses the slightest bit, which I do think there could be some regression there. This is still a number that's too low, despite how rich the line is. A minus 160, it's tough to take a number like that, but there's no reason to believe that Austin Hill can't win more than two and a half races this year. When you look at the super speedways, you get Talladega again this year, and I know super speedways are what they are, but the one consistent factor about him is Austin Hill, and he finishes. And I know that. Drivers might not want to work with him, but he's the fastest car every single super speedway. And there is competition with some drivers returning back. But, you know, Austin Hill is still on a on a mountain of his own and a tier of his own when it comes to super speedway racing. And he can win every, anywhere. Those true performance ranks, they speak to everything Austin Hill is capable of. And uh, to uh, an over-under two-and-a-half race win at minus 160, you hate to take a number like that, but... That's a number I would take. Again, a win total I'm not going to bet, but I do think that that juice is worth the squeeze when it all comes down to it. Let's go to our defending series champion, Cole Custer. 
His over-under set at three and a half race wins. The over set at minus 165. The under set at plus 135. I mean, again, just a, just an awful line to look at. Uh, but I'm going to make a case for a side that you're probably not going to want to hear. And that's the under. We all expected the general to come in and wipe the floor last year, much like John Hernemichek did. We've talked about it. We know that. Cole Custer, he clutched up when it counted at Phoenix. Congratulations. But wins at Portland and Chicago, they obviously have their asterisks next to them. Portland, he was in the right place at the right time. Chicago, also right place at the right time. Didn't finish the damn race. The juice to the over here is way too much to squeeze, I think. I love the spot where Stuart Haas Racing has put their Xfinity program. I obviously love his teammate Riley Herbst this year again if you want that analysis go check out the Ford team previews pod but in reality Custer really didn't prove anything we didn't already know last season not to mention in four full-time Xfinity series seasons he's only eclipsed this number once in 2019 where he won seven and his numbers across the board in those seasons were very similar to those in 2023 when you take a look at his top 10 number when you take a look at his top five rate uh, he's had six poles uh, in three seasons, and he hasn't had the wins to show for it. There's no doubt Cole Custer is going to continue to run up front. He's going to challenge for wins, and while there's a good chance he does hit the over, I'm not comfortable taking it at minus 165. So I would personally lean the under here at plus 135, but again, another win total, I'm not going to bet. Um, I, I just, huh, I don't know, man. I believe that the championship hangover is real and in looking at history and Cole Custer's Xfinity series career I feel like we talk him up way more than the results he's shown in terms of parking it in victory lane and when you've only eclipsed more than four race wins once in your Xfinity series career and you take into account the sheer talent that has found itself in the Xfinity series this year uh, I am more inclined to take the under here at plus 135. Um, if this were a much more even line, then maybe we're looking at the over. But at minus 165, I just don't see how you take this um, for Cole Custer, uh, I, unless you believe he's going to come out and win five-plus races. But I just don't really believe that. So I would lean the under at plus 135 and take, uh, take the plus money bet. Moving over to Justin Allgaier. His over-under set at three and a half race wins. Minus 115 each side. Allgaier, another interesting one, won four races last year, which was his most since 2018, where he won five of them. Those are the only two seasons he has eclipsed this number in his extensive Xfinity Series career. And let's be real, Justin Allgaier left a lot of wins on the table last year. And at this point in his career, he has the ability to win every, anywhere. Uh, Justin Allgaier was heartbreak occasion after occasion last year, um, whether it be Road America. He had a really great car at Michigan and had problems, similar deal uh, at Pocono. Might have been pitch strategy that took him out. I, I can't remember exactly. Um, but Justin Allgaier, I felt like week after week when we had a ticket on him, something happened. And whether it was pit road mishap or something happened on the track, just wasn't there. I love Justin Allgaier. I would not be surprised to see him eclipse this 
and I would lean the over at minus 115. You're getting an even to even split. And I think there's more upside in Justin Allgaier to, to take the over than uh, to take the under here. So if again, to in the similar conversation to Cole Custer, if he was minus 115 each side, uh, I would I, I would certainly be more inclined to lean the over. Uh, but the books aren't sure what Justin Allgaier is going to do. Um, so when you have the sample size that he does, and he only has two seasons where he's won more than three and a half races, um, you know, it kind of makes you think. But I do think that Justin Allgaier is going to win more than three and a half. I would take it at minus 115. But again, this is not another win total I'm looking to bet. Let's talk about his junior motorsports teammate, Sam Mayer. Over under three and a half race wins. Uh, the over set at plus 120, the under set at minus 150. This is an over under that I have bet. And it's the only one that I've bet. And I've bet Sam Mayer over three and a half race wins at plus 120. I think this is a fair line. And I would lean, I, I've bet the over. Um, so he won four of the final 14 races in 2023. It's, they were the first of his, of his Xfinity Series career. That is freaking impressive, dude. Uh, to win four of the last 14, especially when it's your first four, Sam Mayer was on fire. And I think he's going to be bringing that fire and bringing that heat again uh, this year in 2024. You know, and you take a look at those last 14 races, that included three straight DNFs. So he was able to not succumb to the pressure, not succumb to the to the poor finishes and and find it again. And... He did it on an oval, so he's proven he's more than a road course ringer. He can get it done on ovals. We have six road courses on the schedule, though. Obviously presents a lot of opportunity for Mayer. Almondinger, who we're going to talk about in a minute, he's back in the fold full-time. There could be regression uh, with Sam Mayer when it comes to road course wins. But second in true performance behind teammate Justin Allgaier in 2023. Average finish of fifth on that track being road courses. 13 top fives was a career best for Mayer, and I think he has the confidence and the talent to build on that performance uh, when it comes to intermediate tracks. Led 46 laps en route to winning at Homestead. I look at Nashville as another strong opportunity for Mayer, two top fives and two starts. The one thing with Sam Mayer that I think is really holding him back and it'd be really nice to see uh, that I think is going to help him eclipse this number is finding clean air consistently. He ranked 10th in total laps led in 2023, which was far and away the worst amongst uh, the championship caliber drivers. So I would really like to see Sam Mayer find some clean air and lead laps and can, you know, learn how to control the race uh, more so instead of, you know, finding his way there at the end. That's going to help him grow as a driver. It's going to help him learn how to manage the race, how to manage you know, his tires and things of that nature and and make good decisions on the racetrack. But I think four wins is well within reach for Sam Mayer. I think he's going to back up his late season surge and I'm very high on him entering 2024. So uh, this is the only win total I have bet at the time of this recording of the podcast, plus 120 to the over. Uh, and I've got it. Sam Mayer over under three and a half race wins. Taking the over, plus 120. Last guy. This is what I'm talking about, dude. One, two, three, four, five, six win totals, and we've got no friggin' Toyotas because I think the books are scared as to what the Toyotas are going to do this year. Oh, boy. 
But A.J. Allmendinger, just take a guess as to what his win total is set at. You guessed it, three and a half. <laughs> over, under three and a half. Uh, the over set at minus 120, the under set at minus 110. This is another one I've been considering. So it's him and Sam Mayer. Take a look at A.J. Allmendinger, man. I, I hear... I hear the gallery in saying that he's not going to reach victory lane as much as I personally believe he is. I I hear the gallery, but I'm sticking with my guns here. I'm taking the over on AJ Allmendinger three and a half. Back-to-back five-win seasons and regular season championships when Allmendinger was full-time. Last year, ran five races, won two of them. He's hitting the reset button. Dismal. Dismal return to the Cup Series in 2023, which I really think this return to Xfinity back where he's confident, he's poised, he's had a lot of success. It's going to reignite his mojo and reignite that passion we're really used to seeing from AJ. And look, I think winning once in Cup last year really saved that drive to return uh, and run full time. I, I really do. I think that was huge. And look, A.J. Allmendinger is not a one-trick pony. And while he does have legitimate road course competition this season, he is still that guy. Just talked about Sam Mayer and the six road courses on the schedule that present a lot of opportunity to to him as kind of like the 1B to to A.J. Allmendinger on on road courses. But look, if you gave me Sam Mayer versus A.J. Allmendinger head-to-head on who wins more road course races this year, the answer is still A.J. Allmendinger. Because any time you go there, he's starting on pole or within the top three. And unless he gets taken out, blows a tire or something, he's not making a mistake and he will be there at the end. So even if him and Mayer were to split three and three, let's just say, you're asking for one more race on an oval. And Almondinger's capable of that. He is capable of winning on an oval. He has. He's got great short track racing experience. Does very well at Bristol. He's a great super speedway racer. When you take a look at the at kind of like that one full-time regular that can truly compete with Austin Hill, it's A.J. Allmendinger when it comes to super speedway racing. So there's a lot of opportunity for Allmendinger here. Yeah, you can kind of mention SVG in that conversation as far as, you know, drivers that could challenge him on road courses. Outside of Chicago, SVG does nothing for me. Have to see something before I jump into the conclusions because this car is vastly different than anything SVG has driven in his career. And the last thing about Almondinger, I I again, I hear the whole call of racing, the inconsistencies, and it's true. Valid. But Allmendinger has the talent to mask those inconsistencies that have amounted to Kolig recently. He is and has been their golden child, even if he is 42 years old. Okay? He's that guy. And when you love racing for a race team and driving for the people that give you a job, the results show for it. And I love Dinger this year from a betting perspective. He has the opportunity, he has the potential uh, to be the prop king of 2024 just because he is consistent everywhere. I have not bet this yet, but he's going to be a front runner all season. And I would bet the over three and a half. I think four race wins are more 
in the realm of possibilities than not for AJ uh, in his return full-time to the Xfinity Series. He's done it. The last two seasons he's been here with room to spare. I'm going to take it again here over under uh, three and a half. Take, take the over at minus 120 for, for AJ. Those are what That's what we got. Um, again, the offerings here, not great. 90% of this, I hate. I think the lines are borderline unbettable. I, it, you know, it really would be nice to see some uh, more even lines here, rather than just total disparity on both sides here. But again, you know, you can't always get what you want. We got to work with what we got. But it would have been nice to see so many other drivers uh, with win totals. Like if we had six win totals to choose from, God, I wish we had more than just the top of the board at three and a half flat. Like, give me a break, dude. What are we doing? You want to grow this industry in this sport? You got to try. You got to give us something, please. Like, don't give us the bare minimum. Otherwise, you're never going to grow this industry in this sport. There is so much opportunity to be had here, and we are just getting the bare minimum. Absolute stinker. Would have loved to see a Chandler Smith over-under. Would have loved to see a Sheldon Creed over-under. A Riley Herbst over-under. I'm really shocked SVG is not on here. I would have, you know, understanding SVG's championship odds, would have loved to have seen a win total on him, like a one and a half to minus 180. You know what I mean? I mean, that would have just been beautiful to see. Give me the under all day. Chandler Smith, you know, I think a two and a half would have been fair. Blast in the over. Blast in the over. Sheldon Creed, I think one and a half is fair. Has yet to win a race. Could win multiple. Riley Herbst, one and a half. Would have really liked to have seen. But we got, you know, we got the championship four. Minus John Hunter, of course. At three and a half. A.J. Allmendinger, who kind of fills that spot. Three and a half. Austin Hill, Jesse Love. Just not fun, man. Not fun. But again, the only one I have bet is Sam Mayer over under three and a half at plus one twenty, and then AJ Allmendinger I'd look at it min- I'd look at it minus one twenty and give serious consideration. I think Allmendinger gets it done. I'm very high on him, and I'm not going to back down from that. And I'll pay the price for it if uh, it does not pan out the way that I think it is. But regardless, I think we're going to win a lot of money with AJ Allmendinger this year uh, in more ways than one. But that's it. That's what I got for you. That's the win total market, baby. So it's time to close up shop. But before we go, you can support the NASCAR betting preview show on Twitter at NASCAR BPS and YouTube by subscribing to the In Between Media YouTube channel. Make sure you're dialed in and following ahead of the start of the 2024 season, which kicks off this weekend in LA at the Clash of the Coliseum. Get ready. Get hyped. Season's here. We're all systems go, baby. Once again, thank you to our sponsor, Atlas Hair, for their support, and make sure to use promo code NASCAR for 20% off your entire order with Atlas Hair. And if you'd like to stay connected for additional analysis throughout the season, make sure you're following me at MV Bachman, B-A-C-H-M-A-N-N on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review. Let us know what you want to hear on the NASCAR Xfinity Series how I can make this podcast better for your viewing, listening experience. I'll be releasing 
my Xfinity Series playoff picks and overall predictions for the year, which will drop closer to Daytona. So make sure you are staying updated with the NASCAR betting preview show as we begin to drop the hammer on the season across Xfinity, Trucks, Cup, the whole nine. It's going to be a big year, ladies and gentlemen. So you've come to the right place. If you're betting the clash this weekend, good luck with your bests. Hope you catch some winners. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you guys next time. I'm out.